0: Praise God. Uh, Tr- Trish, you get everything you want for Christmas? I think so. If not, he's got five days to finish. He's got five days to finish. Okay. Hallelujah. I Dr. Uh, haven't started yet? Oh, good Lord. Oh, good night. Did you get everything you want? we got time yet. You, man, oh, man, you guys, you're living dangerously. Praise God. Well, just remind them Christmas is a season of love. And it's better to give. But if you aren't giving them anything, it's better uh, uh, not to receive. Hallelujah. All right, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. I believe in miracles. You know, it's been said so many times that the day or the time of miracles has been done away with but if that was true there would never be an answered prayer if that was true there would never be a born-again experience if that was true then god would have to stop being god because he is a god of miracles and so when we start hearing things like that those things really get seeded in us and we have to be careful that people, we don't listen to that type of talk too long because it will begin to diminish or dim your faith. And I'd much rather have people living on the side of what people would call extremism than living under the bus of doubt and do nothingism. I, I just don't think that God is a God that does nothing. If miracles don't happen, then we could never preach that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. If miracles didn't happen, seed sowing and harvest would be a thing of the past. If miracles did not happen, then tithing would not work today. If miracles didn't happen, there's no sense in us preaching a coming, returning king that has been raised from the dead, and we would have to be quit preaching our resurrection. But how many of you know that miracles are not done away with? Miracles are not passed. I'm living proof that miracles work for the simple fact that I like people. That's a miracle. And so we're going to start in verse 7. It says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit, The word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another, the gift of healing by the same spirit to another, the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of those tongues. But all these worketh. One, that one and the self same Spirit dividing severally to every man, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Tonight I want to talk about or we'll talk on the subject of the working of miracles. Now, many times when we see a miracle, we say, wow, that's the, the gift of working of miracles. No, that's a miracle. That is an intervention of God at a moment of time that has changed the course of ordinary outcome of actions that have been set in motion. Now, a miracle is different than the working of miracles. Now, the end result is the same. But when we talk about the working of miracles, it is something that man has to be a part of. It's not just something that one prayer brings about, but it's something that man institutes by his actions. And the working of miracles at any time can be stopped by an individual. It can be stopped at any time by any individual. So when we talk about the working of miracles, let's realize it's working. Somebody say something in progress. And that's what the working of miracles is. Uh, Eric, where's Eric? Is Eric here? Eric took off. He's going, where are you, Eric? Wave at me. Where are you? He don't, we don't know where Eric is. He's getting as bad as David, I'm telling you. All right, now, <clears throat> and uh, let me tell you a couple miracles that I have found astounding over the years. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to share these. And uh, the working of miracles is a gift that anybody can operate on or operate under. It's given by the Holy Ghost to men and women. Understand there are certain criteria. you know, you have to covet you have to desire the gifts of the spirit You have to pursue them with a passion that really means that you cannot live without These activities of God in your life And that's why miracles the working of miracles and the gifts of the spirit are so few and far in between because many times Christians use their faith for a one Purpose and that purpose is for self improvement or self indulgence. In other words, we use our faith to get stuff for us. Amen. And uh, that's, that's one of the places that love uh, is to work. We are to love ourselves, but we should never love ourselves above our brethren or above other people. But in Dallas, Eric, get me a get a get that microphone. In Dallas, Texas, we were invited to danny Wegman 's church and Danny Wegman has been there for years he 's got a great church and uh, we we 've been there several times and uh, He asked us to come in so Eric and I went down and uh, I tell the story, but I never get tired of hearing it you say well don 't you get tired of telling the same story well i don 't think God gets tired of him he hasn 't added any more to the Bible, so I never get tired of him and so uh, Eric and I were in Dallas, Texas. We were there for one night, Danny right. Wigman's. Right. And uh, there, we had a prayer line. There were just a small group of people there that night. And uh, so we asked everybody to come forth that wanted prayer. So here come this tall woman. And that means that she was 5'7 or something. You know, it doesn't mean she's 9 foot tall. For me, she was tall. She was 5'7 uh, so, or whatever she was. And she came up. And uh, she had a seeing eye dog. And I had not prayed for many people with seeing eye dog. And uh, she came up, and I'm hoping, boy, I hope she wants, you know, can you pray for my headache or backache or, you know. And uh, so, and you say, well, where was your faith? The same place yours would have been, in the tank. So, uh, this woman came up, and she, I said, what would you like for God to do tonight? She said, that I might see. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I wish to God you hadn't come up here. That would have been the beginning of my prayer request. But here she is standing in front of us. Everybody's watching. And uh, she says that I could see. I'd like to see. I said, okay. So she tells the story. She was born with no eyeballs. She don't have one eyeball, not a dot, not anything in her eye. All she has is just two white balls there. And uh, so I said, okay. So I prayed for her, and I, I commanded the blind devil to loose her, and I, I loosed the working of miracles in her life. And uh, I just said, what can you see? And she said, well, I can see light. And I said, okay, praise God, go home. And a lot of times when people in a miracle service, and we tell people, go home and come back tomorrow night, give us your testimony, what they do, they immediately stop the miracle. Because, see, they think you're blowing them off because they don't understand how God works. You know, Moses knew the ways of God. The people of Israel saw the works of God. And there's an extreme difference. And so when people don't know the ways of God, immediately, since it didn't happen instantaneously, they think that it hasn't worked. And that's why the body of Christ needs to have an understanding. And uh, so many times we tell people, look, we're not blowing you off. Just, just, just believe us and go home. Because we've had hundreds and thousands of people come back. Wow. And so this woman goes home. And uh, that's the last time we've seen her. Then we come down like a year later. A year later. Yep. And uh, here comes this woman in this prayer line again. And uh, she stands there, another tall woman. course she's changed dresses and she doesn't have a dog with her so I don't recognize her and so she says pastor Dosak you don't remember me and I'm thinking no ma'am I don't no I'm, I'm sorry and she said well I was the woman that you prayed for last year that had no eyeballs and I had the seeing eye dog and I thought oh boy this must be good so I said uh well, tell me the story. She said, well, I went home just like you told me to, and I just believed God. And she said, and pretty soon, I just kept believing God. And all of a sudden, I woke up one day, and I had two brand-new eyeballs in my head. And so the doctors have verified the miracle. And, of course, they took the seeing eye dog away because she don't need him. She got her own eyes now. And so that woman was totally healed. Now, Randy always was skeptical about that miracle until he had, he didn't know that it was Danny Wegman's youth pastor, but he had him come in. So Randy's telling the story about, yeah, you know, my father-in-law prayed for a woman down there one time, didn't have no eyeballs. He said, oh, my God, he said, I go to that church. In fact, I know the woman and she's a friend of ours. Randy said, get out of here. So... Sure enough, they called the pastor. The pastor called Randy back and said, absolutely. Pastor Dosak prayed for that woman. She's been in our church all of these years and still seeing and doing well. Now, the point in that is that that was a working of miracles. All she needed was to go and to believe that God has started something and that God is faithful to finish it. And what happens is in the working of miracles, you are given enough evidence, enough evidence, not the full manifestation, but enough evidence to cause you to believe for something else. See, sometimes people say, well, oh, I don't know if, if, if God could heal this or God could do that. So I just ask them, do you believe if we prayed and the pain went away that God had done something? Yeah, yeah, I would believe that. What am I doing? I'm trying to incorporate the working of miracles. I'm trying to get them to realize that God wants to do something. But so many people always want to see the end instantly. Well, that's not the, what the working of miracles does. The working of miracles John, the 6th chapter, verse 2, John 6, 14, Matthew 7, 13, 14, and 15. It says that when they saw the miracles, they believed. And so what God does is gives an individual enough evidence to know that something has changed. And then what that change does is because they have evidence, gives birth to another realm of faith. Now, they couldn't believe God before, and so this manifestation gives them evidence that something has transpired. And that's how the kingdom works overall. Remember, the kingdom of God is if a man sows a seed, and he, he go, uh, goes to bed night and day, rises up, then pretty soon there's a shoot, then there's a leaf, then there's a stalk then there's a harvest, then he immediately puts in the sickle. So the kingdom of God is a progressive kingdom, and that once you obtain or receive or experience something, it gives you faith to move on. Every time you have an experience out of a problem or out of a, a, a promise, what happens is you receive an experience, and experience gives birth to hope, and hope is the evidence And hope is accompanied by faith, which is the evidence of things not seen. So every time you see any type of manifestation, your faith is being enlarged. And the thing of it is, here's what happens to Christians. Christians think that they can control God. No, the Bible said God divides severally as he wills. And all our job is to do is to trust God and to walk by faith with God through the process that God has given us the journey to. And so, like the working of miracles in this woman's life, it ended up bringing forth a miracle. Now, if she would have just went home and said, well, you know, I didn't get anything tonight. I seen a little bit of light. That's nothing. She would have still been blind the next, next year, and she still would have had her dog. See, because of the understanding or the lack of understanding people receive or they don't receive. The Bible says this, they that know their God will do great exploits. Not those that have seen the evidence of God, or those that have seen God do things for other people, but those that know their God get to see miracles. See, people live in unbelief. People live in little faith, a lack of faith. They live in shipwrecked faith. All because of their choices all because of their choices well I believe God and it didn't work well I just have to tell you this you didn't believe God and God always works so learn how you miss God get back in the game and experience God and if you ever experiencing him experience him you'll never leave him now I'm just living proof I've been saved like 37 and a half years be, be about 38 years in January. I've never left the Lord. I've had lots of opportunities. I just never took them. But I've had an experience. I haven't lived off of regurgitated faith. I haven't lived off of somebody else's experience. I haven't lived off of their books. I have lived off of the book. Amen. And so the working of miracles does nothing except set in motion different Acts that will change the outcome of another course of acts. That's all it does. Remember the lepers as they went, and as they went, they were healed. Now, only one returned to say thank you, but I could imagine that when they were seeing their fingers restored, limbs restored, sores disappearing, that they were saying, oh, wow, praise God. Look at what's happening. And it gave birth to faith. For them to continue going on. So the working of miracles. Don't demean it. Don't short circuit it. Work with it. Because the word will work for you if you will work with the word. Amen. So that is one place of the working of miracles. I remember uh, the lady in uh, the Philippines. Uh, in fact, two of them in the Philippines she had a blind eye had a blind eye and in this her girl. her face was twisted right. and her neck she was born like this, and that's how she walked, and her face was twisted, and uh they had a towel pinned to her dress and because she drooled and uh so they brought her up and uh they said, you know she's deaf, she's blind in this eye, she can't raise her head." You know she drools and she can't talk right and all that well that night i cast out the deaf devil and sure enough she heard then i went to lay hands on her and god said don't send her home and tell her that she'll be okay in the morning well i sent told her mother go home and bring her back tomorrow night she's when she wakes up she's going to be well and of course everybody you know probably thought of, well you know yeah he just couldn't you know but that was not the case in point at all the point was that god had said this will be the working of miracles and you can't make god do anything you get to work with god and so i told the young lady and her mother take her home bring her back tomorrow well the next night she comes and uh she's in this line that uh we're praying for people for and uh She's standing there, and I said, what can I do for you? And her mother pokes her head over her shoulder and said, don't you remember her? And I'm thinking, no. And uh, so she said she was the girl that had her head tipped, that had the birth defect. Her face was twisted. She was blind in her eye, and she couldn't hear. God opened her ears last night. Today, when she woke up, her face was normal. Her head was cocked up. Her blind eye has opened, and God has healed the girl." Now, that was the working of miracles. God gave her enough evidence out of getting her deaf ears open to give spark to faith for something else. And so if she continues to walk in that, based on the evidence that she's had, then understand that now she has hope that faith will work for in the next step. So we don't want to belittle those things. There was a man there that uh, the same night that was, you know, every night I went down and they had, had him scribble. sitting in a chair, the yeah. bottom of the steps, remember? His, his arms were his arms in, his in legs. like this, His legs twisted around like this. Right, right. And uh, I prayed for him and, you know, and I tried to move his hands and bend his fingers out and I was just afraid I'd break them. And uh, so every night I told him, I said, come back. Every night, I want you to come back. I'm going to pray for you every night. And what we were doing was this. Look, I didn't have enough faith to get that man healed. He didn't have enough faith to be healed. But each night, we started working our way up a mountain of faith. He heard the testimonies. I heard the testimonies. I saw the testimonies. Every night, I'm coming down and releasing the working of miracles in him. Every night, I'm intensifying my faith because I'm seeing evidence. He's hearing evidence. He's seeing people that he may have known in his community be healed. His faith is building. Every night, we pray for him. Four nights, nothing changes. The last night, we come back on a Friday night, and I say, Oh, man, where's the old guy, the cripple that was here? And they said, He's up on the stage. I thought, Well, they got him up there so that we could pray for him in a prayer line. That's how much faith I had. And uh, all of a sudden, I said, Where is that cripple man? And all of a sudden, out of the crowd, here come walking this man that had sat at the bottom of those steps and started moving his arms like this. Men that were graduates of. Or Roberts University, those that had been under um, other miracle ministries, other men that had come out of Rainbow Bible College. Listen, we had a, a, mira- uh, a what do you call that? A bunch of where everything's melted together. We had a bunch of people from everywhere, and they freaked out. They freaked out, and that man walked across that platform, moved his arms. And God had healed that man, the working of miracles, the working of miracles. We see it in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, where the widow comes to the prophet and says, look, my sons are getting ready to be taken by the debtors. And they're going to take take them and make slaves of them. And they're going to be incarcerated probably the rest of their life. And the reason I'm in debt is because my husband worked for you. And he would, you paid him well, because no prophet would have paid his workers under what they were worthy of. But he paid him. Maybe the prophet was a giver, whatever he might have been. Maybe the woman, you know, just shopped too much at Macy's. I, I don't know. But she said, we got debt. And uh, the prophet said, what do you have in your house? She said, well, I got a little oil in the cruise. He said, okay, now you go and you borrow. And so the woman goes and borrows. And that one act of faith set in motion the working of miracles. You know the story. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. She kept pouring. And pretty soon all the vases and all the bottles and all the whatever she used, buckets, were filled with oil. And so she had nothing more to pour into. So she stopped. The miracle stopped when her faith stopped. When she stopped using it, the miracle stopped. But we do know that she was able to sell that, have enough for her children, and probably for her children's children, because God said that a righteous man lays up for his children's children. Remember the woman with the uh, meal in the famine in First Kings the 17th chapter? The Bible says that God had commanded the woman to take care of the prophet. And when Elijah came, as the brook Chedrath had dried up, the ravens had quit, the bread had quit coming, and at that point he's getting hungry. He says, "God, what am I supposed to do?" He said, "Go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow there to sustain thee." And so Elijah gets up and he goes down to Zarephath. And sure enough, when he sits down by the gate, here comes this little woman, and she's picking up the Bible says a few sticks. Now, I don't know how much meal she had, but I'll tell you what, even a piece of bologna, it takes more sticks than a few to heat it up. If I wanted a fried bologna, I wouldn't be getting a few sticks. I'd be getting sticks and some bigger sticks and some big sticks. I'd want it fried. Well, she was gathering a few small sticks to make a cake for her and her son to eat and then to die. And Elijah, though it seemed so callous, and sometimes people think, well, you know, they're asking for money. There. Listen, 99% of the time that people ask for money, it is not for the one that is asking. It's for the one that is going to face a need. Because the one that's asking doesn't need a harvest. The one sowing does. And so, but this woman comes and she says, well, I, I can't give you something. I'm going to just to eat this and my son and I, we're going to die. Said, well, go ahead and... You can fix your son and use something, and you can die, but first give me a cake. She said, okay. So she goes, and because when she does that, she remembers, God told me to do this. So she sets in motion the working of miracles. And what she does is she sows the seed. And the Bible says that the meal never ran out until the end of the famine. Now I'm presuming that the woman was probably an entrepreneur and she probably took meal out of that and shared with her neighbors and pretty soon when they come back for a second load, she said, it's for sale now. And she probably gained enough to take back everything that she lost during the famine to prepare for her and her family. But notice that that barrel didn't fill up. It just says it didn't run out. So, in other words, every time she went back to take a little out, faith sparked another manifestation for the working of miracles. And that lasted for the duration of the famine. So, it's the working of miracles. It's not just a miracle. A miracle is a one-time intervention of God. But the working of miracles realize that it has enough evidence to cause you to take another step, to make another confession, to lift up your hands. Any small indication is enough. Remember the uh, prophet, his helper said, I see a cloud here. He's going to break a famine of three and a half years of drought. And he says, I see a small hand. But what's that? Oh, that's enough because all that was needed was something to spark faith to set the prophet in motion. He understood that the breaking of this drought would be the working of miracles, not just a miracle, because it was going to have to rain, and it was going to have to restart the whole rain system, the whole ecosystem again in order for the lakes and the rivers to be filled again didn't rain enough to fill every lake or well, the place would have been flooded cause if it, if a lake raised 12 foot all the land would have 12 foot of water on it too so god started an ecosystem miracle by him saying it is enough and it just took that little bit of faith and so any time that we have evidence of something that we're prayed when we are prayed for, if something happens when you're prayed for that you couldn't do before, then understand that that is the beginning of the working of miracles. You remember the guy in is it Switzerland? Uh, in Switzerland, they brought this guy in on a gurney, <clears throat> and uh, he was there. He was blind. Gosh, he was deaf. Yeah, he was crippled. He had a severe stroke. Had a severe stroke. Couldn't do anything. And uh, so I prayed for him, and I said. Well, what can you do? And he moved a finger. And his wife said, oh, my God, he's never done that before. That's true. And I said, well, praise God. Keep moving. Right. I just went on down the line and started praying for other people. What happened, Eric? Within, within about five, six people pastor prayed for, her. he started moving his hand. He started moving his, he started moving his arm. The crowd started going crazy. And then before you know it, before we left that service that night, he was walking out of that building. Now, see, most people say, "Well, I pray for him." Well, we we'll just believe God. No, you don't have to believe God. They have to believe God. They have to believe God. They have to do something. Mark Fissel, Mark, and I was back here at the back, and there was a young man about two years ago. Might have been last year, and uh, his wife brought him to a service, and it was about a week before Christmas, Sunday before Christmas, and Sunday was on. Thursday, I think it was. And uh, anyway, he, he came up to me and his wife did. And she said, could you pray for him? I said, sure. I said, uh, are you saved? He said, no. She said, I said, uh, are you, ma'am? She said, yes. I said, okay. I'm going to pray for her, you because she's saved. And uh, he had had a stroke. He was paralyzed uh, on his right side, I believe. And uh, Mark was there. And uh, he took out his hand. I said, what can you do? And he took out his hand. He said, nothing. So he was, he was uh, paralyzed on his right side of his body. So I prayed for him. I said, okay, see what you can do. And he, again, moved the very tip of his finger. That's all he moved. And she said, well, he couldn't do that. I said, you mean he could not do that before? She said, no. Now, he's a sinner. And I said, okay. I said, that's a working of miracles. Go home. Then you come back Sunday and tell me what took place. And so Sunday morning, he came, and Mark brought him right up here. Mark comes up on stage and says, Pastor, you know that guy you said to come back? He's back. I looked down there, and I thought, oh, God, it didn't work. (laughs) He's saying, well, I'll come for a second dose or something. No. So I come down there, and I said, well, what happened? Pulled his hand out. He said, well, tell you what, God healed me. On a Wednesday night, Christmas Eve, at about 3.15 or 2.45, I forget. He said he's laying in bed, and Jesus came into the room. Came into the room. Remember, I told him, you keep doing this. No matter how stupid you think it is, keep doing this. So he went home, and he kept doing it. Wednesday night, Christmas Eve, here comes Jesus into his room, heals him, And then when he comes up here to tell me what took place I said well are you a Christian he said I am now (laughs) now see we as Christians because of our ignorance of the working of miracles our pursuit of how God does things our traditional acceptance of how things should be and what can be done and what can't be done many times abort The working of miracles. Remember when Jesus came and told Peter, uh, he got out into Peter's boat. And then after he's done preaching people, he comes in in Luke, the fifth chapter. And then he tells Peter, Peter, take your nets and go back out and let them down and you'll catch fish. Peter said, oh, man, come on. We've been out there prime time night. Look, man, we haven't caught anything. You're a preacher. You don't know one thing about fishing. Well, God never asked us to know anything about anything. He asked us to do what he asked us to do and to say what he asked us to say. So Jesus says, well, why don't you take them? And Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll go. So Peter goes out there, and all of this is really the working of miracles. All we say is, oh, he got a miracle. No, he worked that miracle. He took those nets down off of those drying stands. He put them back into his boat. He told the guys, hey, we're going back. He listened to their murmuring, their complaining, their whining, their overtime. Hey, man, what are we going to do? Why, we didn't make no money. My God, Now we got to go out and toil and, and work for nothing again. You know, he just put up with them. Peter said, look, just get in the boat. A bunch of dead rug, rug beats. And he, so he gets them in the boat and goes out. And lets down the net. All of this has got to happen before the manifestation of the miracle promised can come to pass. He can't catch fish without a net. He can't get the net out there without a boat. He can't get the boat out there without people in it. And he can't get the boat out with people in without putting the net in it first. All of those things were acts of faith. And so Peter lets down the net. You know the story. They bring up such a draught of net that they uh, motion for the other boat to come over. And both boats fill themselves up to the point that they're ready to sink. They should have called a third boat. But they didn't. So we have two boats that have received a miracle. It so impacted Peter's life that he left the fishing business and followed Jesus Christ. Now, that miracle took place right off of the shores of Capernaum where John and Peter and them lived. John and Peter were very wealthy people. They were, uh, lived at the port of uh, Capernaum where the boats came in, where the fishermen is, and they controlled that whole segment of the region of Israel, and they were the suppliers of fish. And Peter's mother lived right beside the temple or Peter's house his mother-in-law was there so it was right there where Peter right beside the synagogue that he had a piece of property very very expensive Capernaum was one of the richest cities in Israel and if you go there you'll find out that John was there James was there Peter lived there and really they kind of had like a mafia kind of a what do you call monopoly on the fish market don't buy fish from us you get no fish And so, and they were very wealthy men. They weren't poor people. They were wealthy people. And uh, so that was the working of miracles. But at any time, if Peter would have stopped, the miracle would have stopped. So whenever the working of miracles goes in motion, don't try to look at the end miracle. Don't even start saying, well, you know, God began something. Be quiet. Because God doesn't want you to tell him, well, he began something. That's like saying, well, he just got a little manifestation. Just be quiet. You don't have to say anything. Quit messing everything up with your excitement or your insecurity about not being able to babble on. Right? You you don't have to tell people, well, you know, praise God, just go on and believe God. No, just say, okay. Praise God, that's a working of miracles. Hallelujah. And you know what? now is between them and god not between you and them you are not god just be quiet be quiet so many people just choke miracles out of people by their verbiage babble 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 about nothing amen there's a thing that jesus said i never say anything except the father said it to me you ought to try that for a week we might do away with all of this uh carbon stuff because you wouldn't be using so much oxygen. Listen, I'm telling you. God can do more if you shut up than you do trying to explain what's going on. Just tell them to go. They'll come back. It is not up to you to do the miracle. It's up to God. Amen? And so if you babble on and on and on. <laughs> oh, That's just nothing but unbelief seeping out of you. It, that's all that it is, just unbelief. you trying to tell them what's going on. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't try to tell them what's going on. Tell them to go. Jesus didn't say, now lepers, I want to send you. Now you ain't going to quite make it there, you know, and, and some of you going to get your fingers, and then some of your your skin's going to clean. But don't give up. Just keep right on going. He just said, go. I bet he was glad we weren't there so that we would not babble on about Nothing. Babylon about nothing. Hallelujah. And so, the working of miracles. Somebody say the working of miracles. Remember, when we pray or when we are releasing our faith for the working of miracles, you're going to see one small stem. That's all you're going to see. That's all you have to see. Because little, whether you understand it or not, that evidence has given birth to faith. And that faith will encourage you to take another step or encourage you to voice a confession or to give praise. And that's all that God's asking to keep the working of miracles in motion. Now, how many of you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? Okay, was that a working of miracles? Yeah, because it was a miracle in motion until the completion of the act, or the outreach, or the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus says, they said, where are we going to get so much bread to feed these people? They weren't broke. They said, how, where can we buy uh, bread two pence worth of the 200 pence worth of bread? Well, they had 200 pence. That's a chunk of change. But Jesus said, "Now you don't have to go buy it. And what do we have here? And they said, well, the little guy over here. He's got a few fishes and a couple loaves. Jesus said, well, bring it here. And Jesus does what? He lifts it up to heaven and says, God, I want to thank you. And God, I appreciate what you're about to do here. Now, Jesus was led of the Holy Ghost to do that. And sometimes we try to force miracles when God is not going to do a miracle no matter what you do. Sometimes people have to be dismissed and let them go back to their homes. It's not your call. It's God's call Amen All right, so but Jesus hears from God and he says look you don't need to send them away And then he says set them down in 50s What's Jesus doing? He is getting a word from God that's telling him how to operate or act his faith So Jesus' act of faith was he can't give them anything right now He don't have it, but he has an act of faith from God, do this, have them sit down. So that's what Jesus does. I don't know if it took 20 minutes, an hour, 10 minutes. I don't know. I know he had to orchestrate, get the animals out of here and you stake them out, get them tied down and all that kind of stuff. But then the people get set down in companies of 50. Then he gives a piece of bread and a piece of fish to every disciple. And the miracle doesn't happen at Jesus' hand. The miracle happens through the apostles or the disciples' hands. Every time they break off a piece of bread. Can you imagine the first guy? Hold out your hand. There you go. Oh, here. Let me put a little fish there. Enjoy yourself. We'll be back. <laughs> that was probably the mindset, but when they seen it working, they started breaking off bigger chunks, bigger chunks. Men started eating. I don't know if they ate twice. I know lots of kids say, Why well, one more than one be Give me two pieces. You know, and so they're contending with all that. And the miracles taking place. What is it? It is the working of miracles. Because the bread doesn't stop multiplying, nor the fish stop multiplying until the disciples stop distributing. And the bottom line is, Each disciple ends up with a basket that's already preceded his distribution. They took up 12 baskets. In other words, Jesus had already pre-met the need before they ever broke the bread. The working of miracles did that. And so we have to understand, all we have to do is see the evidence. And it gives us faith. To do something bigger. Gives us faith to take a greater step. Give us faith to give it more. That is the working of miracles. And so the working of miracles many times is accompanied by the gift of faith. The gift of faith is able to mentally perceive or receive a thought from God. Because if you can't in your mind conceive that God could feed 5,000 men and women out of a few fishes and a few loaves of fishes, you are never going to see a miracle. But Jesus, having the gift of faith, not a faith that he got from hearing the word, but an infusion of God's faith for an event or for a purpose, when he received that faith, he was able in his mind to say, this is possible. This is possible. Sometimes when we say, well, you know, all things are possible, we say that, but to be able to grasp it and to act upon that one statement really takes a faith that is far greater than a human being can ever obtain. And so it takes the working of faith many times to set in motion the working of miracles for the simple fact that if you can't conceive in your mind that the miracle is possible, then the working of miracles will never go in motion. So, Jesus has the thought, this can happen. And so, it really goes back to the same thing where Jesus said, I didn't do anything unless I heard or seen my Father do it. Why? Because those were the streams of faith. And so, when Jesus thinks like that, it's kind of like this. If God would... uh, Say, I want you to pray for that person. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I'm just telling you. The biggest person that struggles with unbelief in any miracle or crusade is me. But once I see the beginning of something, Katie, bar the door. Amen. Buddy, I'll kick a cripple right off the stage and expect God, when he hits the ground, to bounce up and let him walk. I, but... For the first time until he said, oh, I can feel my finger. Oh, man. I'm thinking, oh, God, this ain't going to work. As soon as he said, I can feel it. Well, good. Praise God. Get down there and walk. If if you ask Eric, Eric will tell you, pastor, you need anything for tonight? I say, just one miracle. (laughs) That's all I need, just one miracle. Because if I get one, Katie bar the door. I'm telling you, nothing is impossible. Now, how do you get a concept of looking at someone that's crippled, twisted? Or the guy in Mexico, remember, he had been shot in the head. Yes. This whole side of his head was done away with. Right, he a, hadn't walked in, what, five like, or six years. Right, there was actually an Yeah, I had a great big yep. gully in his head yep. where he'd been shot in the head, and they had to remove a portion of his brain. Yep. Never stood or walked. So I walked on, we prayed for him, and pulled him up out of the wheelchair, and he started walking with me. Man, his dad was going crazy. He was going right. crazy. Yep. Oh, no, I can't do this. I haven't been able to do this. And so for those six years, he had never walked, had never stood. That's right. Had never done anything. That was the working of miracles. I said, now go, and you'll be whole. That was it. Why? Because I saw the evidence of the working of miracles. I didn't have to wonder what was going to happen I was guaranteed what was going to happen, the working of miracles, the working of miracles. And so when we talk about the working of miracles, we want to realize that all it is is giving birth to one piece of evidence, one piece of evidence. That one piece of evidence causes that individual to believe or to attempt or to continue doing what they could not do. And that sets in motion a total journey of actions that transform where they were or where they were going. So, the working of miracles. How how many of you have ever sown a seed? A great deal. That's great. Have you ever sown a seed for a specific thing? And then somebody comes up and gives you $20 Sunday and you go out and eat pizza. Yeah, 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 right. Now, after six weeks, you say, man, man, I tell you what, that harvest never did come in. But in actuality, all your dress shirts show that it came in because it's got pizza stains on it. In other words, when you sow a seed, And you sow it towards something. You know what? God starts putting it into your hands. It might be a dollar at a time. It might be a quarter at a time. It might be you reach down in your sofa and pull out $2 worth of change. What is that? That is your harvest. Start saving it. Whenever we set out to believe God for something, we start the envelope. Every time we get a dime... Our focus is not on eating our focus not our focus is on the miracle, and so every time you get a dollar, every time you get five dollars, every time you go to the grocery store instead of spending five hundred dollars for groceries, that means if you're eating uh, non gluten uh, if, if, you know if you're eating non- gluten, you're spending ten times more than what you're supposed to spend you're eating organic uh, uh, vegetables that. Are really not organic at all. They're just groaning cow poop. And uh but, you know, you're paying for that, and I think, hey, that's that's a premium, I guess. And uh, you know, everybody's getting everything fresh, and that's all great. You don't want tomatoes that are this big, shot with anything like that, but we'll drink, eat the salad, drink in a diet coke. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's healthy. So, but we have all these things, and then guess what? So, you go to the grocery store instead of spending $500, you only spend $427. Well, what was that? That was unusual. So, open your eyes, be wise, be sensitive, take that money, put it in the envelope. Somebody gives you $2, put it in the envelope. You find a penny on the sidewalk, put it in the envelope. Why? Because your goal is that harvest that you've sown a seed for. Now, as soon as you neglect, that envelope, your miracle will stop. Soon as you start eating your seed, the plant will stop growing. If every time a leaf grows on a tomato plant and you pluck it off and eat it, you're going to have a leafless plant with no tomatoes. It's not that God didn't provide. It's that you ate it. Ate it. Amen. And so when you get stuff, say, oh, man, I'm going to go do this. No, no, no. Concentrate on the harvest and see the miracle power of God. Every seed is a miracle in motion. And so you have to work the working of miracles. Could have given an amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Doctor, I know that you work Lori. You kissed her on the cheek. Pretty soon you move right to the lips. You're working what? A miracle! <laughs> right. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, listen. Miracles, the working of miracles, is really more dominant than miracles themselves in the body of Christ. It's just that we keep shutting them off because we don't understand them. Let's work with God and not against God. Good again, amen. And whenever you start operating in the working of miracles, you're going to, it's gonna be coupled with a faith that is not your own. You, you don't have to work it up, it's just gonna come. I remember when we was on the dirt floor in uh, that 16 by 32 foot building, and then we got a, got a slab poured, we got lights out of my garage, and then I came uh, to the church one day and somebody had dropped off a toilet, and uh, man, I was so excited. But I remember when God spoke to me and said, you're going to reach the world from this city. And I stood up and looked at those three or four people, and I said, you know what? We're going to be on television that reaches the world. And people thought I was crazy. So the next building I went into, I hung cardboard television cameras up on my speakers. People would come and say, What's those things? I'd say, those are my TV cameras, man. And at the same time, I had people sitting on the stage. I had Clyde Spears sitting on the stage where the drums would go. I had Carol Catterhandridge sitting on a, a, a chair where the piano would go. What are they doing? I'm doing everything I can. And pretty soon, one day, a guy walked in my check and hand, had my office and handed me a $60,000 check. Said, here, God told me and my wife, to give you this money to build your TV studio. I said, okay, I'm going to build it. And I did. So, whenever those things go into motion, recognize them. Work with God and not against Him. Side with God, or even an inkling of what you think is God more than you will the devil. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus... God, I just loose the working of miracles upon these people. I loose the working of miracles, God, in the area of healing, in the area of God being set free of breaking addictions and bondages. God, I loose the working of miracles in the areas, God, that they are going to exercise their faith. I loose the working of miracles, God, in everything that they put their hands to, this is the kingdom way God that God faith giving birth to evidence evidence giving faith birth to faith that God until the complete work and harvest is manifest God we are your people Holy Ghost open up our eyes make us sensitive allow us to discern what God is doing and what gift is in activity and we ask it in Jesus name amen And amen. God bless you. Praise God.